Celebration Church and greetings from South Africa here with the Bishop Gary Rivas, who's considerably taller than me. Next to him, I look like I'm about 12 years old. Stand up! I had to make it wide because he's so tall. Attention. Yes, attention. Anyway, we're here for uh, three weeks in South Africa doing events around the country and just having an absolute blast. We did our first one last night in a wonderful place, so we can tell you where, but you don't know where it is anyway. But uh, we had a great time, and uh, uh, this morning I'm going to be uh, preaching uh, for the bishop, straightening out his false doctrine. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to be just encouraging his people on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all you guys. Pastor Joe's going to be sharing with you over there at Celebration Church. Open your heart, receive for them. All you dads, have a fabulous day today. And uh, Gary's going to be with us in August. Second week of August. Second, yep. Yeah. Just straighten out my doctrines. <laughs> <laughs> just, just before you carry on, I want you to have a look at the, the, what's happening around us. This is the middle of winter in Johannesburg, South Africa. So uh, whenever you come to visit, this is the type of winter you'll experience. Yeah. It is awesome. No, no, no. You're not getting the full, the full story. What happens during the day, it's sunny and warm. At night, it's freezing. And nobody has any heat in their house. So imagine being 40 degrees all night long in your house. You get up, there's no heater in the house. Everybody's walking around in jackets and stuff. Y'all are crazy. Get some heaters. That's how we keep our marriages going. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> anyway, we love you guys. Uh, pray for us that God will use us to bless these people, and we will see you all very soon. Bye-bye. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Pastor Mark in South Africa. Awesome. Would you all stand please with us as we say the Apostles' Creed together? This is who we are. This is what we believe. Our statement of faith at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Great to have you with us this morning. Uh, and happy Father's Day indeed to all you guys. Glad, hope you have a great day together with your families, whatever you're going to be doing today. Um, I am reading this morning from 1 John chapter 2, verse 14. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. We're going to talk a little bit about fathers this morning. There's lots of, kind, lots of different kinds of fathers in the Bible. Uh, Adam was a dad. We don't really know what kind of dad he was. Very little indication. Noah was a dad. Abraham was a dad. Abraham passed the test and set a great example of what it is to be a man of faith. And uh, there's very little in the way of instruction, though. That's the problem. There's a little bit in Proverbs. There's a little bit in the New Testament. It's about all we see as far as specific instructions on how to be a dad. 
However, we do find a lot in the Bible on how a man can be a man of God. John addressed this specifically in this verse that we just read. Young men, you are strong. God's word lives in you. You have overcome the devil. And in doing so, we can imagine that these men were in the process of becoming godly fathers as well. As they became godly men, became godly fathers. My guess is that if a man grows spiritually, the fathering part probably just starts to kick in naturally. And so I want to talk a little bit about both today, becoming a man of God and then learning about fatherhood. Uh, It's no surprise that men in our country are now going through an identity crisis. We have talked about it at our Manly Man conferences. Pastor Mark talks about it a lot. Uh, John Eldridge wrote Wild at Heart, and he starts his book by addressing our masculine identity problem. Society at large can't make up its mind about men. Having spent the last 30 years redefining masculinity into something more sensitive, safe, and manageable, and, well, feminine, it now berates men for not being men. Where are all the real men is the new question. You ask them to be women, I want to say. How can a man know he is a man when his highest aim is minding his manners? Here's the reality. Man is born wild at heart. Eldridge points this out. Adam was created outside the Garden of Eden in Genesis 2, in the wilderness, in the untamed part of creation. And ever since then, boys have never been at home indoors, and men have had an insatiable longing to explore. And so, with that wildness hardwired into us, and culture trying to change us, you can see why we're confused. It's leaked into the church, even. Eldridge says, when all is said and done, I think most men in church believe that God put them on earth to be a good boy. So our models in the Christian community are men who have learned how to be what Eldridge calls really nice guys. We don't smoke, we don't drink, we don't swear, and that's what makes us men. And then he asks this honest question. Men, in all your boyhood dreams growing up, Did you ever dream of becoming a nice guy? And ladies, was the prince of your dreams dashing or just a nice guy? My best childhood memories are of my father and me uh, when we went on adventures together, when we got wild together and explored something or did something that was unpredictable. Once we went hiking in the Rocky Mountains, dad got lost. I made it back. Mom was not happy. Once we spent a weekend just kicking around downtown Chicago, nothing uh, on the agenda, just having fun. Many times dad allowed me to crew for him on our sailboat in races out on the Illinois River in really high winds and high waves. We would come back to shores soaking wet, hands burned, physically exhausted, bruises everywhere. He'd cuss me out for losing control of the jib when we were tacking from port to starboard. And then he would apologize later and tell me I did a good job. And did I have fun? You better believe I had fun. Was it scary? Yep, it was scary. Did I feel fulfilled at that time? Totally. 
Dad became sick later in my adolescent years, and we were not able to have those times after that. But I remember the adventure and the excitement and the adrenaline rush of just doing something a little dangerous. We remember that stuff because that's what makes men tick. In our years on the mission field, me writing letters home to mom about all of our hair-raising experiences over there, and she just couldn't handle it. She just tone it down. Don't write me so much stuff. <laughs> it was just too much more for her to worry about. But it didn't bother me. The riskier it seemed, the more adventure there was, and the more exciting it was. We're in the Philippines. The Filipino pastor I worked with gave me a list of where some missionaries were accustomed to going to do their preaching. But that's not what interested me. Where can we go, I said, where no American has been in many years, I asked him. And his eyes sparkled in this big smile. <laughs> and he said, you really want to go there, Brother Joe? And I said, yeah, I do. I'd like to try it. Let's go somewhere where we'll be new faces to these people so that we can preach where there is no church yet. And so began our Filipino adventure in the jungles, 240 miles south of Manila. I will not say it was easy. Uh, it certainly was not safe. Uh, we did some really stupid things along the way, and we did not eat well. Uh, but to see the joy and the expectancy in the faces of those people every night as we shared the love of Jesus Christ, that was worth it all, you guys. Our attitude was, if Western culture tells us that we shouldn't go do such and such a place, well, that's probably a good reason to just go there. Man was not designed by God to play it safe his whole life. We were designed with wild hearts and deep yearnings to press out beyond the familiarity and safety of our borders in order to achieve unexpected things. That's just the way we're made. There is such a thing as a masculine heart designed by God, just like the feminine heart, but they really are two completely different things. Eldridge says God meant something when he meant a man. And in order to find our fullest potential as men, we've got to ask ourselves, what makes me come alive? What stirs my heart? And then to answer that, we have to understand that for every man, there are three basic desires written deeply into our hearts by the finger of God. A desire for, number one, a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. Young men, teenagers, listen specifically to this message today. I want to challenge you a little bit. Let's talk about battle and adventure. Favorite movies for guys? Terminator, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, How the West Was Won, James Bond, John, John Wayne, Clint Eastwood. What are, you, what are the uniforms of boyhood? Capes, swords, camouflage, bandanas, toy guns, masks. How many of you have tried to keep your son from playing with weapons, pretend weapons? I dare you to try. How successful were you? If you do not supply a boy with, with some sort of a weapon, he will make the weapon from whatever is available. Right? Graham crackers, <laughs> shovels, mops. You know that. Listen to this, Exodus 15.3. The Lord is a warrior. 
The Lord is his name. Eldridge wrote, girls did not invent things like hockey or boxing. A boy wants to attack something, and so does a man, even if it's a little white ball on a tee so that he can whack it to kingdom come. <laughs> Boys, they sense that they are warriors. And then when they play, often it's because that boy is preparing for a much greater drama later on that will not be pretend. And so men, we each long for a battle to fight. And I don't mean that we long to pick a fight. Battle carries with it the understanding that it is necessary because it is a part of defending one's country, one's family, one's property. It means literally for us survival. Look at the terms of battle and war in the Bible. Paul the apostle took it for granted that we were all involved in a war to the death with Satan. You then, my son, he said to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Look how he said that. My son, Timothy, young man, listen up. Revelations, the book of Revelations, gives us a little glimpse of that final great battle of the earth. I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against the rider on the horse and his army. But the beast was captured and with him the false prophet and the two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur and the rest of them were killed with the sword that came out of the mouth of the rider on the horse. That is not fiction. That is happening. Those are the terms of war that you and I are up against. It's real. If you want to be a part of a noble cause... If your warrior heart has been stirred in you, young men, listen, if something inside of you cries to be at war with the forces of evil and to right the wrongs of the enemy, and if you want to be a part of this great victory and not just a bystander, then you're in the right place. You're in the church because that's where the real war is going to take place. You just have to determine one thing. Who's your captain going to be? Will it be Christ your king? Or, you, or do you still want to be the king? He'll let you be the king in your own world, but then you don't get to fight in his war. But if you choose to fight in his war, you will never have an experience like it. We also uh, want an adventure to be lived. Eldridge says this, adventure is not just about having fun. Adventure requires something of us. It puts us to the test you have any doubts as to whether or not God loves wildness, spend a night in the woods alone. Take a walk out in a thunderstorm. Whose idea was that anyway? Most of the earth is not safe, but it is good. In the Philippines, another story. We're out on a Pacific Ocean squall. Traveling in our 40-foot outrig canoe to a village for evangelism. We were only about 300 yards off of the shore. The sun was shining when we left, but this thunderstorm blew in before we knew what was happening. And by the time we reached the village where we were going to, there were howling winds carrying us along in that canoe. 
And we were sinking beneath the waves so deep that when you went down in the swell of the wave, you couldn't even see the shoreline. The force of the water was such that our boat guide knew that if we were going to turn at a right angle in order to head for shore, the rudder on the boat was going to snap off. But it was our only choice. So he slowed the engine down, he snapped the tiller to the right, and the boat caught this 10-foot wave, which carried us literally like a 40-foot surfboard all the way into the shoreline. And when we hit the beach, guess what happened? The guys are all jumping out of the boat. Yeah! Yeah, high fives. We made it. We wish we could have changed our pants at that moment. (laughs) And the girls are like rolling their eyes like, oh, seriously? It was a real adventure that we had just lived. We had survived it. It was exciting. Young men. If you could do what you've always wanted to do, what would it be? We look at life the wrong way. We see problems and obstacles instead of opportunities and possibilities. We forget that God made each of us with desires and visions and dreams and goals. The saddest thing is a man who has allowed those things to die in his heart. Eldridge says, life is not a problem to be solved. It's an adventure to be lived. Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive. And then go do that. Young men, does somebody tell you that you can't do something that's always been your dream? Has somebody told you that? Are you convinced that that person is right? I hope not. You need to remember who created you. And you need to remember that your creator, the one with the wild heart, he's called you to something very special and he's placed something inside of you that is dangerous and wild. Archbishop Anthony Bloom said, the realm of God is dangerous. You must enter into it and not just seek information about it. Growing up, my kids growing up, their favorite cartoon character, one of them, Dark Wing Duck. Raise your hand if you know about Dark Wing Duck. You know what he says? Let's get dangerous. I love the Bob Dylan lyric. Stick with me, baby. Stick with me anyhow. Things are about to get interesting right about now. Our secret fear, men, because of the damage we have inherited from our first father, Adam, is that we won't have what it takes when it counts. And that is the question that haunts us men. Am I really a man? Have I got what it takes when it counts? Because we are programmed for failure. You can't do that. You better not try that. You'll shoot your eye out. (laughs) On it goes. There's only one way that your heart can be restored to live out that dream. The one who made your heart has to do the restoration. Adventure, he will give you adventure, believe me. Our battles, our adventures are all things that we were made to desire, guys, but they only have meaning to us within the right context. 
God's purpose has never been to withhold any of this from us. Adventure, battle, beauty, these are all there for us. They're blessed by God. And when you belong to God, your life will change and you will experience battles and adventures and beauty in a way that you never thought possible. I hope that you can let that journey begin today, this Father's Day. Let's get dangerous, guys. You can begin by surrendering your heart to Jesus Christ and let him be your high commander and let the adventure begin. The realm of God is dangerous. You must enter into it and not just seek information about it. Well, our first Transition One class has had its share of adventures and battles this past year. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to introduce you to all of them. We're going to celebrate their graduation from our program. We are preparing to begin our second year of Transition One this coming September. Uh, the first year has been exciting and very successful. We have been blessed with five amazing students who completed their course of study and mission service. They are now back on home soil and ready to start the next chapter of their lives. Uh, these are five students who made an intentional decision to put everything else on hold for one year, to devote themselves to God and to others in order to add depth and maturity and character to their resumes. I am so proud of each one of these guys today, and we want to send them on to their next chapter with our full blessings from this church. I want to challenge you today. We, we do have a handful of students who are enrolled for Transition One this fall, and I am very excited about what God has for them. But I'm wondering if someone else might hear God calling you to join up with Transition One. Young men, I want to challenge you. Is something wild and risky pumping inside of you, like what we just talked about? Don't you have a battle to fight, young, young men? Don't you have an adventure to take? Why couldn't you take a year off for God? Rise up to God's call. Make your life more meaningful and more adventurous. Do something that not one of your friends is doing. Take off for a three-month missions trip that will change your life forever. We are now taking in young men and young women between 18 and 23 years of age. Why couldn't you do that? Do you already have a scholarship somewhere? You're worried about losing your scholarship? Don't worry. That school will hold that scholarship for you. Every university in the United States knows about gap year programs, and we are a gap year school. Every state they're even encouraging incoming freshmen to do a gap year first before they start school. President Obama's daughter, Malia, is doing a gap year before she enters Harvard. Why? Because Harvard told her she needed to do it. Parents, I want to challenge you. If you are concerned that your child needs to start college right now, Take a deep breath and remember something. 80% of our incoming college freshmen leave the church and leave the faith during their first year at college. 80%. What is more indispensable to you? His immediate transition into college 
or the condition of his relationship to Jesus? Which matters more? Which gives the biggest payoff? You know, parents, maybe it's time to take a moment and invest in the spiritual and emotional well-being of your student first. Personal success, relational success, missional success, spiritual success. These are the four indispensables that we offer at Transition One. Your student is going to need these skills much more than a four-year degree when they head out into the world to make their career. And deep down, parents, you know that's true. That university is going to be there waiting for him or her when they finish doing this first. Believe me, the universities will not mind waiting. They know that when that student comes to them after a gap year program, they are getting a higher quality student every time. Three ways that you guys can get involved. First of all, stop by our info table in the lobby today or see me after the service. Pick up an application and get your student enrolled in Transition One for this coming fall. Stevens Point, Appleton parents and students, this is an amazing opportunity for you to get more tied in to the vision and the mission of Celebration Church. I've spoken at your campuses about Transition One, and I want to encourage you to direct your students to Transition One. This is a legitimate next step. This is a young adult life group on steroids. We're always being asked here at the church, don't you guys have a young adults life group? Yes, this is it. It's one year. They'll never be the same. Celebration Church, here's step number two. Consider donating to our Transition One Scholarship Fund. We have an info pamphlet at the table. Maybe you could help sponsor a student this year or next to help cover their tuition. We need help financially. Some of these students come in, they're really great kids. They just need a little help, need a little financial boost. And third, we need host homes for out-of-town students. So maybe you could offer your place to a student for six months. We have applications for host homes at the information table. Fill one out, get it to me. Uh, we are going to have many more out-of-town students this year and every year from now on, so your help would be greatly appreciated in this. Next, I would like to introduce you all to Luke Hoppy. Luke is one of our Transition One students uh, graduating this year, and I'd like him to share with you about what his year at Transition One has been like. Good morning. Transition one for me started three years ago in the back of a pickup truck in Minneapolis. I was riding uh, back from a, a show or something, and this guy with long hair asked me a really hard question. He said, what are you doing after summer? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to school as an art student. And he said, why? And I said, because I like art. And uh, he said, did God tell you to go? And I was thinking, like, what, what does that mean? And I said, well, no, he didn't tell me not to go. And... Uh, <laughs> He said, well, then you better not go. And I was like thinking, who is this dirty hippie to tell me that I can't go to art school? And uh, I was kind of mad about it, and I, I thought about it, and I, I went home that night, and I couldn't sleep. I, that, I, 
the same guy, what he said, just kept going and going in my head, and I, I prayed about it, and I couldn't sleep that night. And right after that, I went to a, a youth retreat in uh, northern Wisconsin, and I still couldn't sleep there. I was thinking about it, thinking about it. So finally, I brought it up to one of the youth uh, leaders. I said, hey, Ashley, this happened. What do I do? I can't sleep. This is crazy. And uh, she said another hard thing to me. She said, you better drop out of college. And I was thinking, oh, great. Like, how am I going to tell my parents that? And I said, what am I going to do after that? And she said, you're going to be a youth leader. You're going to go into youth ministry. And I thought, Ashley, I can't even get my shoes on the right feet half the time. How am I going to lead youth, you know? So I, I thought about it, and I came back home, and I told my parents, and they were good, supportive parents. I thought I'd get yelled at, but they just supported me. I said, okay, drop out of school. So I did. And uh, that, that winter, Pastor Joe didn't know any of this happened, but I saw him at a church event, and he mentioned Transition One to me. And he said, it's not for two years, but I, I want you to do this. And for me, it's very important not to have debt. So I worked for those two years in a call center and saved up. And this last September, I started here in Green Bay with Transition One. And that was, that was awesome. That was a huge thing. But I, I won't lie. The first two months were the hardest months of my entire life. You know, there was years and years and generations of sin and habits that had to be broken. And that comes, that's trials. You got to crack an egg to make an omelet. You know, and it was, it was a hard thing. And after that, I felt free. I learned so much from Pastor Joe and everyone else that was teaching. And uh, then they sent me to India. That's a, whew, you want adventure. Guys, go to India. I mean, just the, the first two minutes fly, uh, driving back, my, I was in a car alone with uh, a driver, and he had one eye. Yeah. Talk about adventure. But I, I, I was able to get into new habits in Transition One. It really changed me as a person. I learned a lot about quiet time with God, and it's really given me awesome opportunities. I would suggest to any young person, it's not a waste of time. It's not a waste of money. It's the best thing I've done. I'd tell anybody to do it. It'll really change your life and create... You know, it will fill the gap with you and God. And that's what I want to say. Thanks, Pastor Joe. Luke, thanks so much. Uh, I'd like to uh, call all of our Transition One students up to the stage now as we finish up. Uh, Matthew, Mariah, Gabrielle, Lauren, and Luke. You want to come back up, Luke? Um, And uh, make your way on up here. Uh, their certificates of graduation read like this. Matthew, Luke, Mariah, Lauren, and Gabrielle have successfully completed the Transition One course of study. Come in close to me, because I found out last time when you were up here that they couldn't see you, because you were back in the shadows, so you're not in the shadows this morning, okay? And uh, they have successfully completed the Transition One, where am I? Course of study and community service, both local and abroad, and have shown exceptional Christian character and compassion throughout. And then the verse, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, first of all, Matthew, uh, our gentle giant. You know, the average height of the Indians over in India is about like this. 
you know. So you can imagine the reaction he was getting everywhere he went in India, you know. It's like, who is this? Where did he come from? Uh, but uh, he's been an amazing. He's a hard worker, focused on learning the word of God activities. He was the activities coordinator for the youth group that he and Luke started up over in India at the church where they were working. And uh, the kids loved Matthew everywhere that he went. And he's continuing his studies at the tech in preparation to become a licensed electrician. Uh, Lauren Milky. Uh, Lauren's been an ace in the classroom. She's always prepared. She's always uh, game to try new stuff. Hardworking kid. And uh, Lauren made some great friends in the Philippines. And she's praying about her next step in life. Really proud of her accomplishments. Thank you, Lauren. Awesome. <laughs> Gabrielle Gramsh. Another. Yes. Another brilliant student and hard worker. Uh, she does everything, Gabrielle, with excellence and uh, is a natural born leader. Gabrielle has excelled in everything that we have thrown at her since she joined the school. She is currently working two jobs and taking nursing courses through Bellin in uh, preparation for a medical career. So, way to go, Gabrielle. Awesome. Uh, Mariah Suchek couldn't be here this morning with us, but uh, she made a lot of sacrifices in order to be here and to attend Transition One. Uh, she got up at three in the morning while we were at class and went to work at a local hotel in order to get in hours before our class time started at nine in the morning. And so like Matthew, and the kids just loved Mariah everywhere she went. She was a teacher's assistant in the Philippines for the kids, uh, attending the orphanage uh, school where they served, and she's currently uh, thinking about pursuing a career in childcare. So big hand for Mariah, even though she couldn't be here this morning. And uh, finally, Luke, a born leader, the guy who brought excitement and color to the school. <laughs> And uh, as you've heard, he's got a natural gift for ministry. He loves being around people. He can tell stories to you all night long about what happened in India and other things that he's done. Uh, and so he's interning right now for Celebration Church at our Appleton campus with Pastor Chad. So I think that's really cool that he's going on in ministry and he's caught that vision. So our congratulations to you guys this morning. Each of you, our prayers and blessings. Uh, Pastor Lathan, will you join me up here and let's say a prayer for these guys? <laughs> Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you, Lord, for these students and all the blessings that you have bestowed upon them while they've been a part of our class. I thank you for their hard work and their dedication, their commitment to the class, the school, most of all to your kingdom. And now, Lord, as we send them off, we do so with our full blessings of this church. Protect them, watch over, provide for them each and every day for the remaining, remainder of their years on this earth. I pray, Jesus, that they would have maximum impact everywhere that they go, that they would cherish the love of God in their hearts every day. They, you would help them to continue walking closely with you and to love you with all of their hearts. We just ask you to bless them. Use them, guide them, Lord, in their next steps and continue to provide everything that they need for this great life. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. Bless you guys.
Love you. Love you.